So content creation, I think it'd be really interesting to know and to peek under the hood of both of our content creation strategies, what channels we're on and what we hope to get out of churning out content. So Ivy, I know you are really great at writing on LinkedIn and as well as like, you know, you create content on other channels. Do you want to share like what platforms you're on and like how you're doing it? Oh my goodness. I've like dabbled in every platform and is probably like the worst example of what you should actually do because I'm still trying to be on every platform and that's like usually the number one rule of content creation is you're supposed to focus on one channel first and I'm good and bad or I have cycles where I'm good and bad <laughs> on different platforms but I would say the main platform that I've been consistently on is LinkedIn and that's where I've been the most successful I have about 12,500 followers on LinkedIn, which is not huge. I think I'm one of the biggest voices though in the education space, but I didn't used to be in the education space. I started posting on LinkedIn very consistently in 2019 when I first went nomadic and everywhere I went, I was interviewing entrepreneurs and tech professionals in different places. And I would share my learnings on LinkedIn. And that's where my initial following got built, especially when I was writing about China. And I think I mentioned on a previous episode, I wrote this article, went viral. Tons of people reached out from like India, Kenya, emerging markets in Southeast Asia, Egypt, etc. They all were China watchers and they wanted to know more about what I learned in China. And mm -hmm. I think that kicked off my first amount of followers. I really started taking education content creation seriously last summer. At that point, I had about 5,000 followers. So 5,000 were from entrepreneurship, nomadic, oh, career coaching. Sorry, I had a stint in career know. coaching. And I also probably grew yes. like, I would say most of my audience, like probably 2,000, between one to 2,000, I was mm -hmm. probably about entrepreneurship in the global world, et cetera. Then I probably grew to five to 6,000 by sharing like how to get a remote job, how to break into tech. And then I transitioned into education and I've been posting pretty much every day with a two month break in between, but like almost for about six months. And I grew 7,000, which and honestly- are you using a scheduler? Oh, that's a great uh, question. No, yeah. I have a content calendar on Notion. Okay. And now I realize that LinkedIn, I think it only recently came out with this, but you can schedule numerous posts just on LinkedIn directly, at least on desktop. Okay. So I've started doing that. So I schedule everything on Monday and I post every day. Mm. So that's a long Amazing. way to answer with LinkedIn. Because of that, it was really easy to also start on Twitter and to repurpose and to write new things. So everything I write that's new goes on Twitter. Twitter, you can post multiple times a day. And so now whenever I have like a thought, I put it into a Twitter scheduler. And the Twitter scheduler I use is called Typefully. It's $8 per month. So that's probably the easiest because it's just writing and there's not much that yeah. you really need. Other than that, I write articles pretty inconsistently although I sold a company through my writing by taking a writing course. I've been on YouTube, dabbled there, posted like eight videos, managed to get like 4,300 subscribers and monetized, stopped, <laughs> and then trying to get back into it. And then TikTok, we're trying to grow for Asian Wonder Woman. I have my own TikTok that I haven't posted on for a while. And then Instagram, I've had my stints of trying to grow, but pretty much quit there too. I'm just like, I'm the worst. Um, don't follow this, but maybe I can share more later about what my ideal is and what I'm working towards now. Um, after 
actually like honestly achieving like the mini successes on almost every single platform and then just kind of giving up yeah. before like really doubling down on it but share you know what platforms you're on and like what you're thinking right now yeah well i will say i think like you're right in the sense where like content like content creation is hard because there's so many different channels to be on but if you can get the strategy down which is like you create content and then you like kind of like reformat it or like repackage it into the channels that like you're on it works out really well but obviously there's like a team behind it and we can talk about that as well but for me personally i think my focus is more on like instagram youtube um i'm trying to build up like a uh like a newsletter for like option asia because i just come across a lot of opportunities in asia and i want to like you know build a subscriber list on that but for instagram i actually ran a 30-day sprint for fun just to see if i could even do it which is like you create a reel every day and then you post it and so what i had been doing was creating like one minute videos around like what I was eating, like this interesting restaurant, I would like do it. <laughs> like I didn't actually schedule it like in advance, I would actually do it like day of and that was pretty exhausting. But I would like create a script and then I would just do like a read over and then create it and then schedule it. So now I am trying to schedule it like in advance. But I did the sprint. Let me just give like the stats actually, because I want to I've love following it. it does work. On yeah, it's yeah. Like, I think the hard part is like, I don't understand. I don't know who I want my audience to be yet. And I think you and I have talked about this too. Cause like, but, but you grew, right? Like I can, I'm going to guess your stats as you're looking it up. Like I'm pretty sure okay. you grew about like 300 followers on Instagram. Yes. Roughly. Yeah. Actually 362. Oh, look at me. I follow you so yeah. closely. Pretty, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Within that month, I gained 362 followers, uh, accounts engaged or accounts reach was pretty interesting. It was like 138,000. So meaning like people like yeah, you had some viral reels and like just for yeah. context for everyone else, like 300 something might not seem like a lot, but you only had like under 1500 when you first started. Right. So that's like 20, 25% growth, which is huge yeah. for just a month. And I actually think those results just show that if you double down on anything, if you really take it seriously, yeah. which is really yeah. hard, right? It's, it's not hard. Like, you know what to do, but it's really hard <laughs> to like execute on. Yeah. Yeah. But I think what really elevated my game was just like learning how to use CapCut. So I was like pretty like against using anything like, like yeah i was like i don't want to use tiktok i don't want to use CapCut. like i was so against it i don't know why and what for but i yeah i just elevated like my editing skills and like now i can like crank out a reel in like two minutes if i have the right content so um yes on instagram and then youtube i have like roughly like five thousand something subscribers youtube is where i actually make money from like partnerships content partnerships so i create a video once per week um like long form and i'm gonna outsource that on to, to someone on fiverr and just pay them to help me edit and then every single reel i've been creating i post it as a short on youtube and then you and i we should talk about like the tiktok experiment we're running right now do you want to explain it? <laughs> yeah. So sure, sure. So um, obviously we're like looking for more distribution for this podcast, for our newsletter, for our Facebook community, right? Like none of these things naturally grow because they're all like newsletters are private audience. Like we need to collect it. People don't really find out about our newsletter unless someone refers them. Same with like a Facebook community. Like it's not discovery based. And I think for those new to content creation, it's pretty important to know like what is discovery based and what's kind of like owned content like distribution versus owned that's how i bucketed on tiktok and on instagram reels and on twitter and linkedin etc it's a way to distribute your content for it to reach more 
like a greater audience in order for them to then go somewhere else, which is usually your newsletter, your podcast. Podcast has some discovery aspects, but like not great. And then your Facebook community. So a lot of what we're good at and what we're doing have been non like harder for people to find <laughs> without creating content separately on. And like TikTok is actually one of the easiest ways to go viral right now because I don't know if it's like algorithm of like the way that it's showcased. It's not really a feed. People don't really go on your profile and scroll through everything as much as like people are on their discovery feed. On Instagram, you usually follow people that you know versus on TikTok, you are mostly seeing content from people you don't know as well as people you know too. I came across this account called Internship Girl because I was building internship programming uh, with for kids for my company at Prequel. And she grew her account to over 100,000 followers in several months by literally having videos of her face not even her, she wasn't even talking. She's just kind of like, as if like, she's kind of checking herself out. And then she would yeah. put like text over the entire screen, like over her face. And it would be like a template of like an email on how to get an internship or like her sharing like what high school students should do to find like a internship or like actually internship opportunities that she found online, etc. But like, she's not talking at any of them. She's not following some kind of trend it's literally her checking herself out <laughs> through a selfie camera um and it's like yeah. it's like why is that so appealing though right like why do people consume that content then so i, I think because, why yeah. it works now is because mm -hmm. previous to around i would say we're a little late to this trend that's why i'm a little bit worried as of now we have only have like 16 followers and we've posted like 20 tiktoks yeah. right now so i don't know if we're late who knows i think it's like worth to keep trying but why i think people are are consuming this kind of content is because TikTok used to be a place where it's all kind of junk uh, or it's like people talking, et cetera. And people talking is kind of exhausting to listen to, especially Gen Z's and even millennials now, as we like watch a lot of content, we don't want to watch the entire reel. Like, I just want to, yeah. like, if it's an educational thing, it. I just want the education in as short of a time as possible. Just like, you don't want someone to actually call you. You would rather get a text message, right? To like <laughs> deliver the message in as short yeah. and concise and like low effort to intake way as possible. Yeah. And the best way to do that right now, I think is literally reading an a hundred, like, it's like, it's a tweet, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. It's a tweet mm -hmm. with your face in the background. <laughs> so it's still like in video form. And I looked at internship girls, TikTok account and the ones with her face and text written over it versus the ones without her face, the ones with her face do better. And I don't know why that is, but I think it's because on Instagram and TikTok, there's an appetite for actual information and the lowest effort of consumption is actually just reading it on the screen. Yeah. I, well, I think going back to your point about like why her face does better, I think it because it actually humanizes the video itself. Mm -hmm. Though she's not talking, it's like you're just reading it from like her voice in your head. I don't think um, she has a filter on. So I mean, strange. it's honestly, her account's great. Like the yeah. information's awesome. I used to be a career coach. It's great. We're We're just like... So we're not shaving. We're just, <laughs> we're just we're because we're gonna do it. Like we're literally copying this style right now, yeah. and we'll report back in a few episodes if it works. <laughs> yeah. I think by then we'll have like forty nine or fifty. Yeah, we'll have like fifty videos out by then on that TikTok. Yeah, yeah. But our strategy here, um, and for prequel, we run creator programs. So we've actually studied a lot of this on like how people grow on different platforms. And the best platforms to grow on right now are Twitter, LinkedIn, and TikTok. Instagram is actually really difficult to grow because it's super saturated number of posts and like the way that algorithm works of prioritizing people that you're already following, right? So for TikTok, obviously we're like a travel group, 
seems very natural um, to go on that. It's definitely easier to get started. You can get started with zero followers versus on LinkedIn and Twitter. You kind of had to have someone with a bigger following engage with it because what makes Twitter and LinkedIn good is that when someone engages with it, their followers will also see it on their feed versus TikTok just like shows this randomly based on what I think TikTok things you're interested in. And that's why we chose TikTok. But for TikTok, in order to grow, we did like study this across several accounts is you have to post seven times a day. Mm. And that's what the top brands do to really kickstart. And it does take several weeks. But I've, we've really seen like 14 year olds do this where there's so one of them is just evaluating movies. Another one's like showing her digital art. And after eight weeks, they like have grown to like 2K, 10K, 20K kind of followers. So they kind of use the strategy too of mostly just like text over <laughs> some kind of video. So I am hopeful, but versus LinkedIn and Twitter, LinkedIn's just once a day. Twitter's like three times a day and you should be able to like 2X at least your audience um, in one to two months. And I think for context too, like Ivy and I are in different time zones. So I'm posting during my time in Asia. Ivy's posting her time in uh, the US or in Canada. Yeah. So it works out really well. Yeah. I was like, let's talk about content strategy in general, right? Like for Asian Wonder Woman, I think there's a few points of like content creation that is just important to touch on, right? Like in terms of strategy, there's like creating usually a pillar content that you can then repurpose to different pieces of content. So the way that we're coming up with our TikTok like liners over our faces and our travel yeah. videos is things that we were already repurposing from our newsletter, which is like visa information. What else is there? Emily, you write most of the Events. newsletter. Yeah, news, travels, like trends. Uh, oh, how to get a remote like, job. Travel. Yep, 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 yep. Job opportunities, yeah. visa opportunities. Yeah. So we basically take like one of the articles in our newsletter and we like turn into five different snippets and we put that over our faces. So like, you know, that our newsletter goes out bi-weekly. You can sign up at asianwanderwoman.substack.com or find it on asianwanderwoman.com. And there there's like tons of travel info, tons of like entrepreneurship, remote work, meetups, what's happening in the community, the best advice, etc. And we just like turn that into TikToks. We're repurposing from our feature Fridays of who's in the group what we already have on Instagram. We're re rewriting in a different ways, trying to follow trends. But in the end, like usually like this podcast, we will have the transcript and a lot of it will, you know, we're going to cut snippets. We're going to go on YouTube. Like you try to turn one piece of content into multiple different ways. And your pillar content is usually writing YouTube or podcast, right? So I think that's kind of part of our strategy. Emily, I know that like you mostly YouTube and but you treat YouTube and Instagram separately, right? I do. Like your content's yeah. on the I same. think, yeah, it's definitely, it varies because I think my audiences on Instagram and YouTube are going to be different. But um, before I forget this like thought in my head for Asian Water Woman, what I like to do as well is get user generated content. So that's why you see a lot of like collab posts between like our own members as well as like our own uh, channel. And that's because once it's collaborative, it gets sent to like that Asian Wonder Woman's audience as well. And like, I feel like it just does so much better. And I think it's almost like a stamp of like verification, like, hey, there are actually women in our community that are doing like badass things and they're creating content and it's associated with our brand. So I like doing that a lot. And so if you go through our, our reels, you'll see a lot of like women talking about their lives and stuff. But um, back to like YouTube and Instagram. Yeah, because YouTube came from like my life in Singapore, right? Like it's a bunch of people who are interested in like living in Singapore. A lot of 
are interested in like remote working and whatnot, I'm thinking of changing my YouTube channel into something more educational, like resource enriched rather than like my life, like vloggy lifestyle kind of things. Like more for um, Option Instagram. Asia? Yeah, I think so. Like more of a blend. So Option Asia won't have its own YouTube channel, most likely. It will be more of like, I guess, included in like the fangirl. I still haven't found the right strategy, though um, YouTube right now is going to be a mix of like informational interviews as well as like uh, like how-tos. And then Instagram is like just my personal brand. I am just shit posting right now. Like this cat video went viral and it was like me petting a cat. And I was like, I don't understand. <laughs> Yo, there's a media. cat video. There's a cat um, trend that we need yeah, to what's... follow on TikTok. It's literally of a it's... cat on a building like, yeah, yeah yeah like it, it like, like rises up or something it's like on emirates did it and then some like bank did it yeah we're gonna use it for like beta camp and prequel but yeah so totally. we, like people really like yeah. watching cats i don't i don't even understand but yeah, yeah. we're definitely so, all figuring it out you know but like i really yeah. think you're making it <laughs> speaking for someone who Fun. hasn't also figured it out but like i think you're making it harder <laughs> for yourself by oh. like not having it oh. kind of connect like but included we talked yeah just last two days ago when we were supposed to podcast but didn't where I was like hey like why don't you build Option Asia under your personal brand instead of making its own Instagram what's you know the the strategy behind having different Instagram accounts for different things that we're building and now you're telling me hey like I'm gonna make Option Asia my personal YouTube but it's gonna get connected to Option Asia Instagram like no I've been like okay how do I explain this so I want Option Asia to stand alone on its on itself, right? As like an Instagram brand. But then I think the content that I get from like that Instagram handle, I will include it in as like my YouTube channel. So it's like a first narrative. Like I'm still going to be talking about like how to find jobs and like how to live in Asia on my personal channel. But it won't say like Option Asia. It's just going to be like me talking about it. Whereas like Option Asia, like if I grow it and like there's a huge following, I could probably just sell it on its own in the future. But it still won't be like associated with my personal brand on YouTube, if that makes sense. So I actually have a suggestion. Like I was actually just catching up with a friend. His name's Ricky. And he's his Instagram's well, he has his own, Ricky Zang and Prince of Travel. So he runs a blog, a very profitable blog, which does mm-hmm. reviews of luxury travel, like business class flights, first class flights, luxury hotels, et cetera. I think his, like he was, he called me from like Bora Bora, I want to say. And now he's in Auckland. Like he just travels full time um, and lives in the most luxurious places. He says he books some of them on his own dime or his company's dime, but it's like expenses travel because his whole thing is to, you know, lucky him. That's awesome. (laughs) But he has two YouTube channels. He has one that's the Prince of Travels, which is his company and one of his own. And the Prince of Travel one, his reasoning behind two YouTube channels is similar to yours, right? Like Prince of Travel's own brand, eventually it's going to be multiple creators. So it's not just going to be him talking. Right now it is still him talking. And then it's his own personal brand, which is more of like vlogging and having that and, and like you need them to kind of feed off of each other. And today I was looking at, um, so I signed up for Ali Abdal's YouTube course. So another course I'm taking, I want to kickstart my YouTube and also prequels YouTube, et cetera. But I looked at one of the agencies Ali Abdal works with. And one of the other clients that this agency works with is a the CEO of a Speechify, I want to say. Yeah, Speechify. And the CEO's name's Cliff Weitzman. And like that agency manages the CEO's 
personal brand, which is about entrepreneurship, how to build a great company, and that play and speechifies company. And the company really only has a Twitter account, but then the YouTube account is under Cliff. So I do think that it's very natural for it to play off of each other because I'm definitely going to have a joint prequel YouTube where it's going to be multiple creators. My program directors, people who teach the programs are also going to create content on it. And then I can teach entrepreneurship separately as well and like document my journey building a company and it just gives it way more legitimacy. So I think that's part of my strategy going forward, just like Asian Wonder Woman is separate, but I know that like it will help both of our personal brands and our personal brands will drive traffic to Asian Wonder Woman as well. Yeah, no, I think that's a great way of thinking of it. And I think like personally, I do want to be attached to certain brands, but when that time comes and I'm like, like, let's say Option Asia does really well. And I'm like, okay, it's like, you know, three years in, I don't want to be doing this anymore. Then I would want to be able to like hand it off to someone else um, without my face being all over it, if that makes sense. Um, and that was actually yeah. one of the biggest factors in like of selling my company, Betacamp, it's because my face wasn't on it. It's just an entrepreneurship program for kids. And I was very, very conscious about that. And in a mastermind, a creator mastermind that I'm part of, other people who want to sell, you know, they're the face of their brands. Like their whole yeah. company is just around them coaching others. And the first thing yeah. they always need to do is like, how, how do I detach myself? How do I not need to do everything? How do I bring someone else in to help? And that's always like a big struggle. So starting with that intention can really help your like media business down the line. Yeah, agreed, agreed. And I think there's a lot of power within having a lot of content creators underneath like one brand as well, just because of like by association and by like number of like followers and like the influencer like following. But like going back to the point of like, why are we doing this, right? Like, why are we turning out content? Why are we spending so many hours on like writing or like, you know, making videos and stuff like that? Like, I guess what's your end goal if there is an end goal? And like, I'm trying to figure out when I would be happy. Like what, at what number would I be happy with? And like, No, well, that I'm is not the right way to right? think about that. <laughs> it, it's not, it, needs, like, it can't be about the number. I think that's yeah. what like all the creators tell me, right? Like you don't need yeah. a big number in order to make a lot of money, right? The yeah. thousand true fans kind of goal. Like if your goal is to make money, you don't need it. If you're just trying to express yourself, you shouldn't care about the numbers. Yeah. There's literally no reason why you should care about the numbers. <laughs> it's Other than for your ego. Like, I, yeah. I, okay. Yes, for my ego. But two, the second part is also just like, is my content interesting enough that people want to stay subscribed to it? I think that's where it is. It's not like, oh, I want to be like, I want to be retention rate, have like though. a million followers. That's retention yeah. and engagement rate, not how many subscribers you have, I think. But I and guess like if someone well, subscribes to you, What are you going to do? Like you're like, going to lose people engaged. if you're like, oh, I'm going to be happy at like 100,000, you know? <laughs> no one. No, no but no, the thing no, is like, what is the goal that I'm been... working towards? What is the goal that I'm working towards, right? Your like, short-term goal, not your long-term goal. Yeah. Are you going to oh, quit yes, YouTube yes, yes, after yes. you get a hundred thousand? Like, <laughs> no, no, no. Obviously going. not. But it's more of like having something to be like, oh, once I hit this, like I will feel like, you know, like, because right now it's like I'm just creating content all the time and it just feels like this hamster wheel and there's like no end. Girl, so I think I need has, to like, figure out what I'm looking forward to. Outside of content creation, have you ever sat a had a goal where you're like, if I have this much money in my bank account, or like, if I have this many friends, or if whatever, <laughs> I'll be happy. Like, has that ever worked for maybe you? Maybe not friends, but maybe like money. I think I was like, if money would have been like, oh, okay, then I can like, not cruise, but I could chill for a little bit. Let's not talk about like the money part. But I'm saying like, for me, like I'm creating content, like I want to be able to measure the results and it's not like oh i want to be famous like oh i want like a million like followers but it's like i want to hit maybe like 10k on youtube and like then i would be like okay 
that's like a point where I'm like really proud of myself. It doesn't mean I'm going to quit YouTube. It's just more of like, like when can you be proud of yourself? Yeah. I know it's kind of toxic, right? I guess it's proud of yourself. Like I know you showing up every day, like you should be proud of the inputs as well. Cause like oftentimes you can't control the outputs, right? Like, are you, do you want to create content because people like that topic or do you want to just create for you and what you want to create? And usually you creating for yourself works, right? That's what you did on Instagram. And that's how you managed to like do a one month sprint. And like what holds a lot of people back from like creating content is because they're like thinking too much about what someone else wants. I really think creators is like you do it as a self-expression as well and like things but that I you want my give content, to do. I want my content to be like actually helpful and educational. Like I want it to be valuable. Like I just don't want to like put out content out there because I'm like, oh, like I'm just doing it for the sake of it. Like I actually want like the feedback, which is why I feel like subscriber numbers are indicative of like if my content is good because like getting getting one subscriber on YouTube is actually really hard, right? Like I don't subscribe to mm-hmm. people and it's like, it just takes a lot of effort. So yeah, I guess I see it more of like, is my content valuable enough that someone would be willing to like actually click that subscribe button and like go along the journey? Yeah, I guess yeah. that's where I'm coming from. Yeah. yeah, I mean, people celebrate milestones. Just make sure that you celebrate, right? Like you get yeah. the 10,000, <laughs> 50,000, 100,000, right? Like I think it's the continuous yeah. improvement in the journey. Yeah, I, but I, I, think I do you should agree be happy with what you have right now too. Like you've already grown to five. Like being able to monetize, I really think is always the initial goal, right? Like because YouTube set that artificial thing of like, okay, like four thousand is four thousand subscribers, one thousand watch hours. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. we both passed it. Like so, I know. you know, though you kept going, I just stopped. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't. So that's the thing, right? Like, but I was actually never like, oh, if I monetize, I'll be happy. I just like got busy yeah. and it like was no longer priority. And that's I think what I'm trying to figure out of like how do I make content creation kind of like more of a priority. So for me, I create content like like for my company, I create a lot of content on like education and the goal is to sell more courses, right? It's to mm-hmm. draw parents and students in, help them recognize that like we're trustworthy and we teach amazing concepts that really help students succeed. And a lot of that is thinking through what content would fit that marketing funnel. And I think mm-hmm. that's what a lot of creators create content for. Like rarely is it just like influencers who... I mean, if you want to look in the business side, right? Like you're going to have to look past sponsorships. That's like the level one. But then after that, like you can sell your own stuff. There's so many different ways to monetize. Like you can consult, which you're already doing, right? Like you can sell a physical product. You can sell an online product. You can do a service that's separate. Like, yeah, run events. I guess that's a product too. (laughs) And you can have a product and service. For me, why I, I think no matter where you are, like what I'm trying to do with my personal brand is how do I build a group of people that just likes me or like for Asian Wonder Woman that just likes me and you? That's the point of this podcast, right? Who just like wants to follow us and not the advice that I'm giving because that feels more brand-like. And maybe that's what you're going with for Option Asia. It's like, if you're interested mm-hmm. in this, you should follow this for advice. That's what I'm trying to do with like prequel. And then, but for my own brand, I hope that my audience will just like evolve with me. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's always I easy to sell that. to like, an own newsletter list or something just like to build it and to be able to deliver value and like know my own audience and try really well over the years. That's what I really admire from a lot of top creators that they're able to really like connect and like know as if like that, that kind of customer persona and like you just have this tribe with you and like you have meetups like an Asian Wonder Woman, but also you're able to like know their problems, know their dreams and goals. 
Yeah. Yeah. I think it says a lot when you are able to create content and it speaks to people, no matter like what age, like what background they have. And because we are all human and we go through like the same similar experiences. So if you do create content like that and people relate, then I think that speaks volumes. So um, I hope we do that more with Asian Wander Woman. I'm actually really happy with where we are at. Um, Like I know a lot of communities, they are like, we've come so far. Yeah, we have come so far. Like I know a lot of communities are like, oh, they're like at 100K. But like I go into their communities and like they're literally just selling themselves. And it's there's no engagement. No one like, you know, actually takes the time to respond to comments and whatnot. Or like no one creates content for that community. Whereas like ours is more small, more niche, more intimate. Like we know a lot of people on a first name basis. So I'm very happy with where we are at with Asian Water Women. So yeah, again, like like Ivy mentioned, please take a look at the Substack newsletter, uh, asianwanderwoman.substack.com newsletter. I think I'm going to wrap up this episode, but Ivy, is there anything else you want to just leave for regarding like content creation? I mean, I'd love to hear actually what, mm. whether everyone wants us to talk more about content creation, because I think there's actually a lot more to say, <laughs> you know, of like yeah. going deeper into our strategies on different platforms, like developing own content, building, like, how do I, how do we come up with content ideas, building a second mm-hmm. brain? Like, like I actually am a friggin' content machine right now in terms of ideas, like <laughs> writing three tweet yeah. threads per day. And then like coming out with like weekly, either YouTube video or blog is like, it actually takes a lot of reading. It's all about input. Um, and so, I mean, I'd love to do an episode maybe on where, where we get our input of ideas and information so that we can generate good output. So if you're interested in that, we'd love to hear in the comments. Yeah, reach out and let us know. We always want feedback too. But that sounds like a great episode. Uh, we can do like a, one on like ideation and like how we create like a pool of ideas. Awesome. Well, I hope you guys found this interesting and helpful. Hopefully if you're creating content as well, please share with us. Or if you are an Asian water woman, also do a collaborative reel with us and uh, would love to see your content. Oh yeah, so, wait, 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 wait. Before we end, we have a content creators chat in our Facebook group. Um, Asian Wonder Woman. And I actually think we can turn that more into a, um, what, what are those called? Like a content, yeah. like a traffic, traffic like, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Oh, so yeah, let's idea. do that. That's a good note. Um, but yeah, like, so if you're a content creator yourself or want to be, we have a community of women who are in our Facebook group. So make sure you join that. <laughs> have a good night, morning. <laughs> <literally. laughs> good day, Emily. Bye everyone. <laughs> Bye everyone. Yeah. I'm the baddest chick.